1: Chumba. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward limited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 9800. You can Skype your show from your home to our Redlands, California studio where our live producers and engineers are ready to work with you personally. A radio program on KCAA is the perfect work-from-home avocation in these stressful times. Just type KCAA. KCAA kcaaradio.com into your browser to learn more about hosting a show on the best station in the nation, or call our CEO for details, 281-599-9800.
2: KCAA Loma Linda, 1050 AM, 106.5 FM, and now 102.3 FM.
3: This is Scientific American's 60-Second Science. I'm Christopher Intagliata. The annual meeting of the National Rifle Association is coming up in May. It's scheduled for Dallas, and if past events are any guide, gun injuries may actually go down in Texas during the event. When the convention is held in a person's state in that year, gun injuries fall. Anupam Jaina, an economist and physician at Harvard Medical School. Jaina and his team discovered that surprising link by tracking visits to hospitals and emergency rooms for gun injuries during nine years' worth of NRA conventions. And they found the number of people hurt by guns dropped 20% during NRA meetings, compared to the same days of the week three weeks before and after the show. There's no definitive causal link here, but the researchers do have a few ideas. First, could be avid gun users are at the show, away from their guns— or shooting them in more supervised situations, and thus unable to injure themselves or others. Or, if some members of a regular gun club are out of town, maybe the group postpones its meetup the week of the show, thus avoiding accidents that otherwise might have occurred. It could be the case also that people who own venues where firearms might be used, like firing ranges or hunting grounds, uh, may be likely to attend these conventions. And if those venues are closed, they might expect to see decline in gun use during that period as well. The results are in the New England Journal of Medicine. The NRA didn't respond to a request for comment in time for this report, but Jaina said their objection might be, why would gun injuries decline 20% if only a few percent of gun owners actually make it to the show? I would assume that roughly 2% of people who are gun owners who attend NRA conventions are probably much heavier users of firearms. And assuming you believe guns are inherently unsafe... People who shoot their guns a lot might also be more prone to injury than those who keep them locked away all year, which would mean that NRA conventions might actually protect some gun owners from themselves. Thanks for listening. For Scientific American's 60-Second Science, I'm Christopher Intagliata. No matter what kind of car you drive,
2: we have an insurance policy that's right for you. Need to insure your family minivan? We've got you covered. Need insurance for that new sports car you finally got? We've got you covered. Have an old beater that just won't quit? We've got you covered. Or maybe you hit the lottery and want to insure all your new cars? We've got you covered. Call Auto Insurance for Less to find out how much you can save right now. All it takes is just one call. Answer a few questions and before you know it... We've We've got got you covered. covered. Call 1-800-834-9455. That's 1-800-834-9455. Auto Insurance. You want it, you need it, and we've got it. Call Auto Insurance for less to find out how much you can save today. Better coverage at a better price is just a phone call away. Call 1-800-834-9455. That's 1-800-834-9455.
4: Thinking about buying a home or maybe just refinancing? Let The Mortgage Voice Jeff Barton guide you.
2: And I think if people get
4: the expectation going into the process, there's less likely to be freaking out at the end about what's happening. The Mortgage Voice, Saturday at 3 p.m. and Sundays at noon, here on KCAA 1050 AM and 106.5 FM.
2: Did you know here at KCAA 1050 AM that we developed an app for all your Android devices? We're talking about your smartphone, your tablets, you name it. You have an Android format, you can take KCAA with you everywhere you go. We're talking about our audio stream, our video stream, and even our podcast. Go to KCAAExpress.com. That's KCAAExpress.com. KCAAExpress.com. KCAAExpress.com.
5: Welcome everyone to Get Cultured on iHeartRadio, NBC Radio, Spotify, and on YouTube. I'm your host, Yunitsa Munoz. Today we have a special segment from Sheer Recovery. Their guest is renowned author and celebrity agent, Darren Prince. Let's welcome Sheer Recovery.
6: Hi there, and welcome to the Sheer Recovery podcast on iHeartRadio, Spotify, and YouTube. I'm Anthony Villanos, your host. And we're here today. Sheer Recovery is a sponsor. It's a dual diagnosis treatment center. It deals with addiction recovery and mental health issues. They sponsor this show, giving us an opportunity to bring new technologies, new modalities, creative stories and and different messages about recovery. It's all free. It's all for you. Hopefully this speaks to you, your family or your loved one and helps you along your journey. Today, we've got a special guest today. Darren Prince, he's a celebrity uh, agent. He's a philanthropist. He's an author and an all-around special guy, Darren, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Darren, uh, you've got a a book, Aiming High, which we'll highlight right off the bat, which tells a great story about success and also a low when you're having success. You know, these things kind of come hand in hand sometimes and uh, sometimes success you'd think would be the answer to all your problems and it's really just the start of them. Uh, You hear that those without success maybe don't understand it, but uh, that's part of your story. Can you tell us a little bit about your story, Darren?
7: I started a business when I was 14 years old, selling baseball cards that became a multi dollar company. The baseball card business was my idea. The business accolades I could vote on my dad. Excellently, everything I needed to know about business.
6: So you had a good family support and then you somehow ended up struggling with addiction or substances at least it's it's hard when you're probably twelve or fourteen to be a full blown addict. You, mm-hmm. your body recovers so fast and et cetera, access, et cetera. but how did uh, how did you get involved with with substance at such a young age, especially with that kind of success?
7: We talked earlier, ten, twelve those years, it's so hard to you know, communicate with other, you know, kids your age about the inner insecurities and the inadequacies, the feeling of less than. I was labeled learning disabled. I was put in small classrooms. And I think a lot of that just destroyed my self-confidence and my self-esteem. So by the time drugs came into my life at 14, I was in sleepaway camp with terrible stomach pains. And the nurse gave me this green liquid in a cough syrup cup. And I took it and thinking nothing of it, but Three minutes later as I'm walking across the softball and my life changed forever every one of those feelings went away
6: well I think that's a point that is lost on many of us which drugs and alcohol are great for numbing pain and numbing emotion but there's no solution there so if you're struggling with self-esteem issues or depression or whatever issue and you take this substance some type of opiate or, or, or any substance really it's gonna it's gonna reduce those feelings in the short term and so you probably felt like Superman having all of these problems sun is suddenly vanish with one uh drink of a liquid or one pill, right?
7: That was it. I, I chased it for twenty four more years that feeling. From uh, one shot at Demerol, one liquid shot at Demerol, you know. I wish uh I wish it was a one shot deal, but no, my life changed forever that day.
6: Wow. And you know, the success part so fortunately you had these a good business acumen from your father and and this idea. And you had some money going and you've obviously propelled that into success throughout your whole whole life. I I think it's got to be difficult because now you've got fuel. You know, you've got unlimited resources. There's no drug you can't buy. There's no access you don't have. So it doesn't get any easier to quit. Uh, despite your success. You know, for many of us, addiction will take our success. It's going to take everything eventually, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, But for you, it probably took other things. Your success, it left for for last, you know, in a a sense. So how did you manage to keep it together for so long?
7: I'd like to say I was highly functioning. I was definitely a highly functioning opiate addict. And must have turned on me maybe like my early 30s i started my agency when i was 25 and magic johnson pamela anderson chevy chase joe frazier dennis robin were my first five clients and i take this insecure broken soulless um out of place in the world opiate addict with the money all the women the life everything I ever wanted and, um, you know, I lost myself. At one point, what was once living to use turned out to using to live.
6: Right. And
7: every guy wanted to be around me. It was when bottle services started in New York. And we owned every place we ever wanted to go into. And I thought that was the life. I thought that's what, you know, I was meant to arrive at. And uh, it got real lonely and sad at a certain point when I'd be home alone in my own head. And what the hell's going on? How did it get to this point? You right. know, it was always about what people thought of me
6: now i I wonder as well because you know you're around not not saying that everyone doesn't have their own issues and problems but you mentioned magic johnson chevy chase some of these you know real stars especially at that time did they ever notice that you weren't at your best or did you ever feel like your your career was at risk or did it ever get to that point or were you able to keep that at bay and kind of hide it long enough to i mean i imagine these you know you're close with your clients they respect you they care about you how do, these guys for decades now a couple of them yeah. so how did you manage keeping it all level you know
7: i i was highly functioning and none of them knew about it wow. they all just thought that was me you know right. the behavior you know the crazy energy and getting a deal done and moving on to the next deal being a networking machine in a room but you know they just didn't realize it. Joe Fraser and I were at an event in Texas, and I'd be bringing different people over to them. Um, you know, I was probably snorting OxyContin's two hours before we went downstairs to the ballroom with security to bring them to uh, the appearance. And it just became a way of life.
6: Right. You ever find yourself in a place where, now that you're on the other side of it, did you ever credit your substance abuse? You know, I, I hear with that, especially, you know, this affects all walks of life. Right. I mean, you could be a doctor, attorney, a sports agent. You could be a dependent, someone that didn't even graduate high school. It's going to, you know, drugs and alcohol affect us in, in mm-hmm. different ways. And, and it's, it's detrimental. But did you ever, did you ever credit, you know, I, I feel like some people, they, they think they're better with alcohol in particular or some things that stimulate them, that they feel that invincibility. Do you ever credit your substance abuse or do you know now that you would have been better being sober from day one and it was only a hindrance. How, how do you feel looking back on? No,
7: it's a great whole- question. when I speak to high school kids, which I do so often, I have to be careful the way I paraphrase everything, because it's easy to say, well, look at this guy. he lived like a degenerate. Now he owns one of the biggest sports and entertainment boutique agencies in the world. And no, it wasn't the case because in my book, I talk about it. I, I had tremendous financial problems twice. I was making the money, but I wasn't paying attention to how to manage the money. Right. Um, Because, uh, you know, again, it was about the party. It was about bringing all my friends along for the ride. Um, You know, whatever I had to do to, you know, just be around the biggest scenes, the hottest environments and not paying attention to the queer business. Yeah, I was networking and certainly um, building this database that was incredible. But the other side got slighted because I was just so out there, you know, always thinking about the party.
6: Right. Right. I'm trying to segue into so, you know, I, I've helped a lot of people had an opportunity to help a lot of people in recovery. I've helped over a thousand people go to rehab. I know you work with several centers mm-hmm. that um, the one in particular, you know, at some point you need help, I think, yeah. right? Where did you ever seek help for yourself or did you hit a bottom where you just turned it around and did it on your own? How did that turn? How did that turn come about?
7: I never went to a treatment center. My bottom came on July 2nd, 2008. The day before, my uncle and his then girlfriend, Andrea, were visiting my mom. I was at my wit's end. I already had my second overdose. Uh, My addiction psychiatrist had me on Suboxone. I was lying to him. I was snorting ambient before I went to bed at night. I was on a mood stabilizer. Uh, I was on Clonopin, antidepressant drinking a couple of days a week and drinking was room i think just to numb myself because i did not want to live anymore they came to visit me and just thinking it was any other day i uh i just came clean she looked at me and she goes you don't look well no i don't know you it's everything okay and it was kind of the first god moment because she told me she was in recovery yeah. and she had five years in the program and uh, my uncle was coming back and he had three years And she's like, do you realize that you're an addict, your life's unmanageable? I said, yeah. And she goes, do you realize that um, you're powerless? I said, yeah. And she goes, most importantly, do you realize that it doesn't matter if you're from Yale or jail or Park Avenue or Park Bench, addiction does not discriminate. Mm -hmm. So what you've done out here means nothing. This is life and death. I said, I get it. I said, I'm desperate. And it was the next night the magic happened because I was detoxing for 24 hours. I was living in New York City I came back from the gym, shaking, trembling. I couldn't do it anymore. I called them up. I said, I'm calling the damn doctor. I'm getting the opiates that I need. And I ran to the bathroom to take two clonopin, which she allowed me to take for a week to help with the detox. And I thought I'm my knees and two Vicodins were in my hands. Hmm. I thought I cleaned out every cabinet of all the opiates. Drug of choice right in and, front of you. And um, just started crying. I couldn't get up. And I just called out to God like I never did before. And he... He heard me, and I had the white light moment. A lot of people in recovery don't have it. I had it, and, you know, I still get emotional to this day thinking about it because I, I remember the exact location on my shoulder of this fiery feeling came, and I remember hearing the voice, I've got you when you're ready. Amen. And... um I stood up, and again, it wasn't me because my legs were numb, and it was somebody else's hand touching my hand to release the opiates and flush them down the toilet. And there was no Uber back then. This was in 2008. I went to a computer, found a 12-step meeting, and flagged a cab when I got outside, and just looked up at the sky, and I said, holy crap, I don't know what the hell happened. For the first time in my life, I wanted to stay sober. More than I wanted to get high, and I walked into a church basement with 200 hopeless addicts and alcoholics that were all once a hopeless state of mind that changed my life.
6: Amen. That's awesome. That's awesome. So I I think at the end of the day, it takes a willingness to change. No one can make you do it. No one can force you to do it. But there also is help. You you had a moment of clarity. You had an intervention by God. You had you had something that happened to you where you were sick and tired of being sick and tired and you made a decision to change Mm -hmm. and you went about it the way you did. Sounds like you had a doctor maybe helping because it's tough. You know, like you said, you had every intention to quit. But you had a weakness, too, because you knew your body wanted what it wanted. And uh, you you got through that situation. But very easily it could have been all for naught, just with one of those pills. And so thank God, you you know, you let it go and you made a way. You found the 12 step program, found Mm -hmm. a blueprint for recovery and and have a journey from there. Um, For those of you out there who this message may speak to, whether you're, you know, uh, I forget the analogy is part of Park Avenue or Uh, Park Park Bench, Yale or jail, jail. you know, you don't have to do it alone. I mean, there's great technology. Suboxone is great. Subutex is great for blocking the opiate receptor and helping you stay at a withdrawal. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, our program at Shear, at least, uh, and I I know some of the ones that you work (coughs) with as well, focus on abstinence and breaking the chemical Mm -hmm. addiction and and refraining from use. But we still use those things in detox. Mm -hmm. So you're not in physical pain, 7, 10, 14 days. You get all these substances out of your body under a doctor's care and then you feel like a million bucks mm-hmm. and, and that's really where you start your recovery. So there, there is help. And at the end of the day, it comes to a decision. You made that decision for yourself and it was enough to carry you through. I think of uh, Tyson Fury, mm-hmm. this guy that just won the World Heavyweight Championship of the world or mm-hmm. one of them. Uh, he's undisputed lineal mm-hmm. champion, amazing guy. You know, I didn't know anything about this gypsy guy. I started watching TV and turns out he beats this guy Klitschko. He's undefeated. He's got it all and is so depressed and has all these issues that he walks away, mm-hmm. never even defends his title or anything. It's, it's like years later, but he had a moment. Mm-hmm. He had a moment where he said, you know what? I deserve better. I'm better than this. And he stopped and he, just, I don't know that he, I don't, maybe he had some help on the side. I don't think he went into a program, but he just made the decision and made the right steps. Mm-hmm and uh now he's championing the world again and that, that's a beautiful thing he's an advocate for mental health and so seeing that type of success you know i think everyone needs to realize that it starts with a decision and if it's tough to have the the, the insight like darren had you know it's okay to ask for help too um what are some of the recovery centers you work with because i imagine you get people asking you all the time like what do i do and you can't sponsor everybody uh, do you refer them anywhere? Banning Treatment Center. Banner? I'm a rep
7: for They've got 12 properties in four different states. As we spoke earlier, I have my own toll-free number, which is 888-6-DARREN, D-A-R-R-E-N. And if people can't afford treatment, we find a way to scholarship and get them in there.
6: Well, that's amazing. huge. That is huge. Even to say that, you got to be careful what you say because mm-hmm. people are going to call. You know, mm-hmm. it's medical care. You've got doctors, therapists, supervision. You know, these things aren't free, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in, insurance is there, you know, for those that have it. And I, I guess uh, recovery, like rehab, is just a helping hand. Um, but you can't—you got to have the internal motivation, and you can't be forced on anybody. Mm-hmm. And so finding that, with the amount of success that you were having at the same time, uh, kind of leads me to another question. I hope I don't get in trouble with, with Dennis or anything. But I, I've watched Dennis from afar. He, you know, wonderful talent, one of the best rebounders in all NBA history. And obviously, you've represented for a long time. You know, I saw him on Celebrity Apprentice and things like this, and it looked to be like he had some substance use issue. Mm -hmm. How do you? uh, I've got some of my best friends that struggle, and I'm the only one that can't reach them because when I talk to them, they say, Well, you're not my friend. You're just an addiction counselor. You're just talking to me like you're too close, right? And so I feel like you could probably help everybody, but those that are closest to you especially behind the veil of entertainment, you know, those guys aren't going to come out, guys and girls aren't necessarily going to come out to the public and say they have problems, right. even though they do. Like you wanted to, I mean, you do, you went about this uh, an interesting way, but I think you found your recovery first, you know what I mean? You didn't just say, yeah. hey, I'm going to rehab, another celebrity going to rehab. Right. You, you handled it first and then became an advocate for the solution, which is awesome. But, uh, you know, and I don't want to talk about any one particular, I'm just saying, that i imagine that although you have such a good voice to talk to those people behind the circle do you feel sometimes you're too close or that they don't want to hear you or do you just leave it separate and uh, i'm going to be myself and deal with business as business and let it be how do you address
7: no i try i mean i'm 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 close to you know all my clients like that and um you know dennis is a, a very unique situation you know he's openly talked about his struggle with alcoholism and uh, there's been a lot of my spiritual messages and spiritual conversations and way to live life that he has gravitated to and listen, you know, but he still gets in his rut. So be able to go two, three months not drinking. There was a time him and I were hitting meetings together three, four days a week uh, about a year and a half ago, taking notes every day. But it ultimately comes down to that. We all have a hole in our soul. Right. So as they say, putting the plug in the jug or throwing out the drugs, that, 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 that that's that, that percentage of it. Right. Then you really got to do the work. Yeah. Once you were blessed to have the gift of desperation, which is what I have mm-hmm. and had, then you got to really go dig down deep and find out why it started in the first place. And, you know, that's been his problem. Like Dr. Drew and I was at your firm, we talk about it. We were out to dinner with Dennis a few months ago, you know. The accountability comes when you want to look into and see why and where it all started from. Because if you don't clear that stuff out, you have no defense between you and that first drink Yeah. or that drug. And, you know, he's got such a good heart. But, look, he's like anybody else. I don't care what type of level of fame and fortune you have or don't have. Everybody's got stuff.
6: That was the interesting thing looking at uh, the Tyson Fury story. Mm-hmm. Here's a guy's heavyweight champion of the world, undefeated. You know, it's a big story. And the guy wants to kill himself like the day after the fight, mm. you got it all. Like, what could you want? You know, he'd given up on life and he's got a family, he's got children. And I think you got to find that insight, that internal motivation, you know, for someone like Dennis a similar success, mm. you know? It, and it takes courage to look in the mirror and to really, you know, you mentioned from 12, 14, I mean, self-esteem, you, you could put your finger on some of the things that a lot of people, I don't think they are either willing to look or willing to admit or admit their shortcomings, and how do you grow if you can't say, Where do I need to improve? Right?
7: I turn you turn up blind eye to it, and I also think certain traumatic situations the brain really shuts down. Oh, there, yeah. There's certain subconscious and conscious parts of the brain that just you know, for whatever reason, you just don't want to think about it. And the pain was just so severe, whether it's psychological or physical that or emotional, that it's legitimately just cut off. So, until you really make that decision to go deep into your core it's that poison is still in there it's always like resonating and now that to me is why the 12 steps are so important because look i'm far from perfect i'm the best version of myself i've ever been in my life and i'm so accountable if i do something wrong i i I jump all over it i when i speak i i i I tell people it's about saying what i mean meaning what i say and not saying it mean it's just techniques i've learned for life and um Try to understand people instead of me being understood as we say in the 11th step and don't engage you know because if i engage there's something within me that's either feeling threatened insecure screwed up over a certain situation not get what i want when i want to get it and you know those spiritual techniques allow me to live at my highest self and uh, but it takes work yeah. I don't go to a meeting for three four days. I get disconnected. I don't do an interview or a speaking engagement or do some fundraising efforts or speak to somebody in recovery. In three days, I'll be a freaking disaster
6: again. Yeah. Interesting. And you, you touch on this in your new book, Aiming High. You've also launched a foundation as well. Can you tell us a little bit about yeah, your foundation? We launched
7: it uh, the first week in December. Very excited. The Aiming High Foundation, named after the book. And it's aiminghighfoundation.org. And what happened was when I speak to, especially adult audiences or businesses, I open, after I do my keynote, I open up to a Q&A, and then I usually do a book signing. And some of the hands that went up during the Q&A, these people had a, had a moment right then that they needed help and right. they wanted help. They might have had the best insurance, they might have had the financial means to do it, but they wanted help. I started telling myself, there's gotta be a way, if it's not just with banning. Where I could stru- start doing my own fundraising, my own foundation, using my platform, using the celebrities I've worked with, my amazing media connections, where I could start doing you know charitable events and yeah. making sure there's enough money always sitting available to give these people that opportunity. Because I want to be able to say, young man, young woman, want you check them up here right now, my foundation's going to put you on the plane in the morning man. and give you the life that you deserve.
6: Amen. You you hit on a, a really the the need for that. I don't think I think is lost on people. You know, it, it, when you're talking about going to rehab, rehab is not a free thing. Okay, mm-hmm. now there's the Salvation Army. There's uh, Medicare will cover some faci- state-run facilities and things of that nature. So there is somewhat of a free help. But aside from that, uh, it's it's non-medical therapeutic care but oftentimes you've got a doctor a therapist a nurse 24-hour supervision drug testing food like oh no that's free Mm -hmm. right and if you're an addict it's you're the rare case if you're functioning enough you still have your job you still have your insurance and you can pay for yourself Mm -hmm. that's great you're a long way from losing it all at that point Mm -hmm. you know maybe you've lost the wife or the husband or whatever but you've got your career and your insurance at least you got an out right once you lose the job the health plan the wife the house and then it's like hey anthony darren i'm so ready to get sober i got my bags packed i'm on the street <laughs> yep. right now can you send a car to pick me up right. well hey it's a tough ask yep. you know it's like having yep. cancer or something you know it's like you, i got this disease and i need all this help and i, I got the attitude the willingness mm-hmm. but i don't have the means and mm-hmm. so it's always a miracle anytime somebody gets help because you need the two and you need them at the same time mm-hmm. you know sometimes I, you know i got parents hey hey Tony, I'll give you a million bucks. You get my kid to go to rehab. Johnny's not going for any reason. Mm-hmm. You know, there's just, there's no way. And at the same time, maybe that person now becomes willing. And the parents are like, hey, I've had enough. Mm-hmm. So, and, and all, all the scenarios around it. But what you're hitting on is, it's rarely the addict that's struggling with opiates, heroin, Xanax, marijuana, alcohol, that can also has 10, 20, 30 grand for rehab, or has a job with insurance. So a foundation idea, I mean, man, you're gonna be, there's a lot of needs yeah. and there's, I feel like there's a lot of heart in helping people and foundations like this. So if you're listening to us at home and, and maybe, you know, Darren's message doesn't speak to you as far as addiction, but you wanna help people, you've got a family member, you understand that, look, there's people that I can help uh, rather than sending 50 bucks a month to Africa to, to help someone who may be starving, Maybe you want to help somebody who's struggling with mental health or recovery more. And this foundation seems like a great way to just help somebody who needs, you know, indiscriminately, right?
7: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That, you know, it's, it's interesting because a lot of these kids, when I speak, they ask about, how, they're so smart, some of these groups. And they'll put their little hands up and like, how did you find it develop self-esteem? And it's always my first one because it's always a big concern to, to them. And I said, by doing esteemable acts. That's a good
6: one. What would the you consider?
7: The foundation is an esteemable act because when I get a message on Instagram, I'm very open on my social media. Very open. What's more your so social than handle? My celebrities. Uh, uh, what's that?
6: What's your social uh, uh,
7: Instagram is at agent underscore
6: DP. That's, that's a tough one. One more time.
7: At agent underscore DP. Okay. Dan and percent. Facebook is just Darren Prince. And um, because these randoms that just come in and the amount of people I've been able to help already through the foundation, um, you know, whatever it might be, just to to, to give them that opportunity. It's like no matter what went wrong that day or could have gone wrong, I went to bed sober, and I know I did God's work. Nice. You know, it's like how how does that not make you feel good about what's going on? And I always say that I know I'm nobody special, but my God is because there was such a long period in my life where, you know, I needed some God or some higher power in my life, but once this journey started and uh, the book really took off, I realized that he needed me. Right. And I was like, I'm not going to hold back because there's a lot of people that need help.
6: That's that's really good, I, and I like that. You know, you, you build self esteem by taking esteemable acts. You know, I want to ask just about your yeah. You do a lot uh, with celebrities and, and as an agent, really. You've had your success in, in that field. Um, are you still representing new clients when they come along?
7: A lot, man. Yeah, we're super busy. We have Magic, uh, Dennis Rodman, Hulk Hogan, Rick Flair. We were at the Laker game last night for his birthday. Carmen Electra, the New Fritzards, Chevy Chase, Charlie Sheen. Charlie's doing amazing. He just celebrated he? two years sober.
6: Wow! Congrats, uh, two, Charlie. About
7: two months ago, he's doing amazing. Amazing. He's a great, great very guy.
6: talented guy. Yeah. So uh, I guess that's a. Uh, 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 one, one thing we want to talk to the audience about is there are so many young athletes.
0: As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming.
6: Whether it's football, basketball, or whatever, young professionals, actors, actresses that are coming up and they know they're going to find success, but they also know that they have trouble in their personal life. Mm -hmm. These things, you know, success sometimes brings more problems and and undue influence. Your circle all of a sudden gets real big. Mm -hmm. You go from people I can trust that love me and care about me to people I don't even know following me Mm -hmm. around. So if you're out there and you need an agent as well, you know, to me, and I'm just putting you out there, Darren, because I know your character. I know your commitment to recovery. And if you are looking for a representation or you're saying, gosh, I'm going to be at the college level. I'm going to be at the pro level and I'm carrying some issues with me. Where's a guy that I can really trust with a center that is uh, going to help me? Uh, not just from a business perspective. You ought to look up Darren Prince, because these are some things that uh, you're not going to get with a typical agent. They're going to enable you uh, without even knowing it. You know what I mean? And uh, to have uh, good guidance uh, from just a clear state of mind is is one up. You know, I know our president swears he never has a drink. I don't, I don't I don't feel bad about it. You know, knowing that there's somebody sober and attentive. I don't need my president to be able to have a drink with somebody at all. <laughs> you know, that's not going to help him in his job. So uh, I, I just wanted to throw that out there because I know we have a nationwide audience and, and uh, you're certainly all over the country doing all types of things, and that's something they that shouldn't sleep on. You I'll know?
7: throw in one more. Any agents out there that are listening and hear a little bit of Darren Prince in you, message me, email me, uh, find me on social media because I thought I was untouchable. And when you're into that world and, and you're the king behind the king, and you're the man to get to the man or the woman, you got lost in this world really easy to go downhill yeah and it's exactly what happened to me you know I, I had to really get humbled and I know a lot of agents that are out there in their mid-20s and 30s that you know think they got it all right now because they might hear a little bit of Darren Prince I'll never be that guy oh, you'll be that guy right because you get sucked into this world that you don't get this you don't get a handbook right on how to live this crazy glamorous world where everybody wants a piece of you
6: right fortunately there is a handbook though with aiming high now Mm -hmm. so you can check it out but that's really cool that you make yourself available like that between the 800 number and your social media i mean you're really hands-on when it comes to recovery and i think this is something being an advocate for recovery is not easy this is Mm -hmm. not like an easy fix it's not like i'm calling up for technical advice on like how to fix my microwave Mm -hmm. you know this is a serious subject and it's emotionally draining it's tough Mm -hmm. it's tough working in recovery i don't you know you got to I mean, I didn't grow up to be a drug and alcohol counselor. I made a lot of my own mistakes. And mm-hmm. so it, it takes a special breed to want to do this. And after so much time and so much success to still take the time, I mean, it's no paycheck from answering a social media tweet. You know, you're just out there doing that. And that's uh, take advantage. Bug the heck out of this guy, man. He's got a good story.
7: I just want people to, you know, to know that uh, like we talked about it doesn't matter where you're from. You could always turn your bottom into a new beginning. And then man, just because you get sober, doesn't mean life doesn't come at you it doesn't mean challenges don't happen um i've been through you know i don't want to use the word hell but i've been through crapping back um trying to be respectful of never using the word nightmare again I, I i've rarely used it in recovery because i look at kobe bryant's family and those tragedies th- those are nightmares i think people just get so cut up into their own crap not realizing we have luxury problems at the end of the day mm-hmm. you know I've been divorced in sobriety. I've lost Muhammad Ali and Joe Frazier in sobriety, uh, Burt Reynolds in sobriety. I, sh- I suited up. I showed up. I was sober at Muhammad and Joe's funeral. I had the biggest, toughest loss I'll ever have in my life, my dad, who suddenly passed at 81 in perfect health uh, back in February 15, 2017. And I suited up and showed up and stayed close to the program without ever
6: having a single thought of picking up a truck. Well, you knew at that point you it know. wasn't going to be the solution, also, yeah. right? Yeah. And you had such convictions. Now, when did you first find your recovery? Cuz, cuz so from starting at age twelve, mm-hmm. and then you know finding your success early on. I mean, when did you? Uh, I, I think you said the date already, like uh, June second, uh,
7: J- July second, two thousand eight. Okay. And so you know, at the at, at, in that moment. Even though I, I had that gift of desperation that night, and I saw a light and I felt an energy in the room. And I put my hands up and said, I was new. And these spiritual brothers and sisters came over to me and I felt the warmth and the love I never felt before in my life. And they said, Keep coming. We're going to love you until you learn how to love yourself. Right. And um, still, the detox pains, I felt better. But, you know, in that moment, I'm still thinking, What the hell is going on? And you think it's the worst day of your life. And, actually look back and said that was the best
6: hindsight's 2020 you look back and you say gosh you know i had to go through that and understand the purpose at the time and it's hard sometimes there's not purpose that we can find readily like loss of a father loss of a loved one. these are traumas these are triggers for us these are real easy outs to relapse i mean you could find any reason and some are better than others right Mm -hmm. Um, but when you allow yourself to to step into that and accept one of those excuses then they're all an excuse and so you know now you live to find another day carry the message and uh hopefully become a better stronger man from from our past you that's know?
7: it and i've gotten through like i say a lot of the firsts a lot of the first things that i had to do in recovery um you know it's going to the gym getting an injury getting sick going on my first sober day like whatever it might be Yep. Um, now all that stuff is you know far far behind me but it It's interesting because they say whatever year you started using it's almost like that's your emotional level. So even though I was 39, 40, 41, I I felt like certain things I was doing, I might have been 14, 15, 16 because I was so stunned from the excessive use.
6: I think a lot of people that's lost on your development as well is when you're under the influence somewhat – uh, whether it's on or off daily, weekly or, or however you stunt your growth, mm-hmm. your emotional growth, and mm-hmm. you, you never really if you're never really truly happy or sad and you're always numbed somewhat, then you never really get to know yourself. So mm-hmm. if you haven't, you know, you start using at 12. if You're not sober till 30. You've lost some maturity there. Mm-hmm. You know, you've lost some time just in your own head with your own thoughts to gain that insight to find out to get to know yourself, mm-hmm. right? And so that's where I think recovery, you know, like a a treatment program, you start with a medically assisted detox. You don't have to deal with all that physical withdrawal and pain and these things. And then you start getting into therapy when you have a clear mind and a clear head and you've got a place where there are no drugs, there are no alcohol. You can't just easily leave. I mean, you could, I guess, but, you know, it's all kind of right there for you. And you're able to focus on yourself and and really um, get to the core issues Mm -hmm. and uh, find a way forward where we don't have to use anymore. Mm-hmm. Right? Exactly. Man, that's beautiful. That's really a good story Darren. I'm uh, really excited to hear you. Um, uh, you've been on Fox News. You've been on CNN. You've been all over the place uh, with these messages. And finally here on the Sheer Recovery Podcast. So we're
7: I'm excited. We're going to he- we're going to help some people. And um, official Darren is also another place they can find me and um, my my guys get me all the emails to reply to. I love it. You know, if there could just be a day that I'm having off and I'll skip it from my phone and there's a message that I needed to hear. So I think there's people out there that actually help me a lot more than
6: I think they're help. That's how I'm helping them. And it keeps you connected, yeah. keeps you connected to recovery. That constant reminder. When you got 10, 15 years sober, mm. it's so helpful to talk to people with problems. Cause you're like, God, man, I remember, yeah. I remember, and I don't, I, I can identify and I understand and I've already learned from this. Yeah. Doing it again ain't going to learn teach me any new exactly. lessons. So, I mean, gosh, that's why I've been in recovery so long. Just, you know, I, you know, I, I basically, you know, I work at a treatment. site, I basically live there I'm right. not in treatment, but I'm in treatment. Right. So, right. you know, that kind of staying close is good for yourself and it keeps you focused and then it allows you to share the message with exactly. others. Uh, so Aiming High Folks by Darren Prince is his, mm-hmm. is his book. You've got the Aiming High Foundation and official darrenprince.com as well as all the instagram handles uh or how you reach darren darren uh gosh we've got a lot to catch up on but can are there things you want to highlight things you want to talk about that maybe i haven't brought to the forefront already
7: i think we covered it man i mean it's just uh i'd like to say this is the greatest thing i've done for myself for the longest amount of time and it's uh it just seems to keep getting better you know even when life's challenges come my way i just uh the perspective and the perception switch in my brain has just been unbelievable. I mean, I was on the plane with Magic a couple months ago and giving him advice on something. He he goes, say that again. It's like Hulk Hogan and I, we get these conversations. He goes, brother, that's a good one, man. Can you text me that one? And it's like, it's crazy to me that I've just become such a sponge to everything I could pick up in all the meetings I go to around the world. And I'm able to actually help. Earth people and some of these revered figures that have meant so much to me that now Darren Prince is the one that's able to give them that's something they need for the day. You just have to learn problems are part of life. And like I said, they're luxury problems. Right. You know, if something doesn't work out, you're expecting that big business deal, that great job promotion. Uh, the relationship falls apart. There's a health issue. There's a loved one or a friend suffering. You got two choices. I choose to stay a part of the no matter what club. No matter what happens in my life, nothing's going to bring me that much closer to a relapse and um i love feeling comfortable during the most uncomfortable periods of of my life now because that's how i get to my higher self
6: nice well bringing on the show i think is really important to our audience because there's so many of us that struggle all walks of life but being able to relate to somebody that has a lot of a lot of the champagne problems a lot of those luxury problems it's a different thing because i feel like there's certain people, whether it's doctors, lawyers, certain walks of life that feel like no one understands them, right? <clears throat> They're making more money than their parents or whatever. I mean, shoot, you're making more, potentially yeah. more money than your parents at age 18. Uh, and, you know, you, you feel like you got all the answers, even though you really don't. And so having a peer or someone that you can relate to and reach out to that maybe's walked the walk a little bit is helpful. Um, This is Sheer Recovery Podcast. We're super grateful to have you here as an audience. If this message spoke to you, hit the subscribe button. We'll just show up in your feed. If you really like us, though, hit the notifications tab so you really get alerted when we release those new episodes. I'm your host, Anthony Volanos, and this is Darren. Darren, would you share, again, your handles and how to reach you, et cetera?
7: Sure. My Instagram is at agent underscore DP website is www.officialdarenprince.com and the foundation is www.aiminghighfoundation.org so thank you for uh, having me give me the platform to promote these things that are so near and dear to me
6: 100 percent. thanks for coming on and thanks for tuning in until next time
8: we we'll. On Sunday, I'll be waiting for love, waiting for love to come.
5: tell me what you need no matter how far i'll be right beside you if you're looking for love till eternity i'll be the only one catch stars for you let's see how high we go so baby just take my hand if you're ever scared i'll promise we'll eventually land love can't go up and down but when you're on the te, how high we can go Looking in your eyes i can love me all night, cause in your dreams I'll be there holding you so tight, let's see how high we go so baby just take my hand, if you're ever scared I promise we'll eventually land, love can't go up and down, but when you're around let's see how high we can go, I'll What we're made of They all can say the love is overrated But I think they all got it mixed up Cause I've fallen in love with you for a reason There's nothing that can separate us This feeling that's got us lifted and gifted The worries that we once felt before Disappear when I'm with you Let's see how high we go, so baby, just take my hand. If you're ever scared, I promise we'll eventually land. Love can't go up and down, but when you're on the see how high we can go.
4: The Mortgage Voice is Jeff Barton, your mortgage advocate here on KCAA. Jeff informs you of the ever-changing mortgage industry. Mortgage loans can be confusing and overwhelming, but Jeff and his guests will help you understand the difference in various loans and help you own or keep your home. Trust is the major issue here, right? If someone doesn't trust you with their most intimate financial details and secrets, uh, it's going to be very hard for them to do a loan. Tune into The Mortgage Voice every Saturday afternoon at 3 and Sunday at noon here on KCAA. 10:50 a.m. and 106.5 FM.
1: Hello. Here's some breaking news for new Medicare plans in your area. Hi,
10: I'm George Litchfield with Litchfield Insurance Associates and Medicare Clarified, where you can get up-to-date info by calling 951-314-1949 and get the answers you need. There are new plans with extra benefits. At Litchfield Insurance Associates, we have the info you need to see if you qualify. If you haven't done a Medicare check, you can do so now during this special window of time from October 1st to December 7th. For local assistance, there are several ways to get help and assistance, in person or remotely. For answers to your Medicare plan questions, you can call to schedule your complimentary consultation today at 951-314-1949. 951 314 1949 and get your Medicare clarified. And remember, there's never any charge for our services.
1: KCA.
3: SoCal.
8: Inland Empire. Worldwide. Worldwide.
3: Tune in Mondays at 6 p.m. for the ATO About That Life. But we're, we're in this hour. hour. I'm Uncle Moan. And I'm DJ Koo-Tay-Tay-Tay. we are bringing you actual facts about the hood life, pitfalls, business, family, and law. Offering alternative resources for a better lifestyle. So tune in with me, Uncle Moan.
2: And me, DJ Koo-Tay-Tay-Tay-Tay. Tay, tay, Mondays tay. at
3: 6 p.m. for the ATL About, about that, that Life Awareness, awareness hour.
2: hour. Here on KCAA 1050 AM,
8: 102.3, 106.5 FM.
3: The, the station, station that, that leaves no, no listener behind. behind.
2: Food storage. The best way to protect your family is by being prepared.
8: Go now to legacyfoodstorage.com. Use coupon code HOM15 now for 15% off.
2: Quick, go!
1: Empire talks
3: back. The attitude that, well, the little guy cannot win. Uh, seems to prevail despite the fact that over time we've seen that the little guy, if he is persistent, he becomes the big guy.
1: Empire talks back.
3: No, well, it's because maybe people figure out a little knowledge is like smoke. It leads to the fire.
1: Empire talks back. I think this, this drive
3: for equality, this drive for justice uh, is gathering steam as opposed to Fading out. I think more and more people realize the importance of uh, the freedoms that America represents.
1: Empire talks back with Wallace Allen and friends Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. on AM 1050 KCAA.
10: But now it seems like things are
1: finally coming around.
4: Bob Vila here with my home improvement tip of the day If your bathroom is looking a bit dated but there's no room in your budget for a complete remodel why not think in terms of small upgrades that'll spruce things up One such project is replacing old discolored caulk around the bathtub with new fresh looking silicone caulk Start by applying some caulk softener to the old caulk and let it sit for a couple of hours Once the old caulk's softened, use a stiff putty knife to remove it Then, after getting rid of any remaining soap scum or debris, apply rubbing alcohol to kill any mildew that may have been lurking behind the old caulk. Once the area is dry, fill the tub with water to ensure it's fully settled, then apply a good quality silicone caulk. Make sure it's one that's especially made for bathrooms and contains a mildew side. That'll help keep your tub looking clean and inviting. Get more info at bobvila.com and right here at home with me, Bob Vila.
1: Every day is three for the price of one day at KCAA Loma Linda. Listen on 1050 AM, 102.3 FM, and 106.5
0: As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed.
1: 18 plus.